0: This video is brought to you by NordVPN. Today, Zelensky says Ukraine could hold elections during wartime. Estonia's prime minister faces calls to resign, backlash after a meeting between Libyan and Israeli ministers, and Pope Francis criticizes the reactionary US Catholic Church. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Tuesday, the 29th of August, 2023. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has said that Ukraine could hold its elections next year, despite the war and martial law, only if certain conditions are met, including partners like the US sharing the cost. Zelensky was responding to comments from US Republican Senator Lindsey Graham. Graham was visiting Kiev with other top US lawmakers and said that the US would keep sending weapons so you can win a war that we can't afford to lose. But added that he would tell President Zelensky, you've got to do two things at once. We need an election in Ukraine next year. I want to see this country have a free and fair election, even while it's under assault. He said that elections would not only be seen as an act of defiance against the Russian invasion, but an embrace of democracy and freedom. Parliamentary elections were technically due at the end of this year, and a presidential election is due next year. However, the country has been under martial law, meaning that elections cannot be held since Russia invaded in February 2022. But in a recent interview, Zelensky outlined his discussion with Lindsey Graham, saying that he told the US senator that with sufficient financial support from the US and Europe and with the agreement of Ukrainian lawmakers, then it would be possible. Zelensky highlighted some of the difficulties and conditions. The right to vote would need to be ensured for all citizens, including refugees and military personnel, meaning polling stations for millions of Ukrainians would have to be opened in foreign countries, and observers would have to be sent to the front line too. Senator Graham has welcomed Zelensky's message, saying he realises it would be challenging, but encouraged all of Ukraine's allies to help provide the financial and technical assistance necessary. There's more on the way but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Estonia's Prime Minister Kallas is under pressure after it emerged that her husband continued to have business dealings in Russia following last year's invasion of Ukraine. Estonia's public broadcaster ERR revealed last week that Callas' husband, Arvo Halleck, holds a 25% stake in Stark Logistics, which has continued its operations in Russia. The company's CEO says that they've been helping another business finish up their Russian operations, adding that before the invasion, they were making around 60 to 70 deliveries per month to Russia, whereas now they only make one or two a week and that they intend to make their last Russian trip next month. Adding to Callas' problems is that she reportedly loaned €350,000 to her husband's holding company for investment purposes. The business dealings do not violate any sanctions. However, as one of the strongest pro-Ukrainian voices in the EU and NATO, the scandal has damaged Kalas’ image, especially as she called for all EU businesses to stop all their operations in Russia after the invasion of Ukraine. Her husband says that he'll sell his shares and retire from Stark Logistics, while Kalas says she had no prior knowledge of the company's links to Russia. Criticism of Callas grew after she refused to appear before Tuesday's joint session of the parliamentary state budget and anti-corruption committees, saying that the matter is not related to the state budget and that she's ready to take part in the work of relevant commissions if they invite her. So that's what's been happening in Estonia recently. Let's move and discuss what's been happening in Libya. In Libya this morning, the internationally recognised Prime Minister Abdul Hamid Baybar has been criticised for his role in attempting to normalise relations with Israel. Now, the reason that this is such an issue is that under a law passed in 1957, it's illegal for the country to have formal relations with Israel, largely due to the country's support for Palestine. The meeting that caused all of this took place last week between the Libyan foreign minister Najla al-Mangouche and her Israeli counterpart Eli Cohen in Rome. The meeting was leaked to the media. On Sunday, Cohen made a statement confirming that the meeting was about different ways the two nations could develop great relations. It seems that many in Libya weren't too happy about this though, with mass protests taking place in Tripoli and other cities. Some protesters were burning tyres and others were waving Palestine flags. Some believe that Mangouche has been scapegoated, especially as Libya's first female foreign minister. About this, Anas el Gomati, a Libya expert, said that Prime Minister Baybar and his rival Khalifa Haftar have used Mangouche as the full person for decisions they all partook in. It's not about politics, it's blatant scapegoating. Now, before we tell you about Pope Francis, I wanted to tell you that in today's daily discussion, Zach and Jack discuss the BRICS group expanding. That's exclusively on Nebula, so use the link in the description to sign up if you haven't already. Pope Francis has, this weekend, criticised the backwardness of conservatives in the US Catholic Church, saying that they've replaced faith with ideology. These comments appear to refer to the growing divide in the US between progressives and conservatives. Conservative Catholics have opposed Pope Francis' focus on social justice issues, such as the environment and the poor. Conservatives were particularly incensed by his decision lately to allow divorced and civilly remarried Catholics to receive the sacraments. Hitting back, the Pope said, I want to remind these people that backwardness is useless, and they must understand that there is a correct evolution in the understanding of questions of faith and morals. About this kind of criticism, the Pope once said that it was an honour to be attacked by Americans. In some uplifting news today, an innovative surgery has helped an Israeli woman to talk again after 10 years. 53-year-old Shirley Aharon had been diagnosed with spasmodic dysphonia around a decade ago, after her ability to speak got worse and worse due to the neurological disorder. Surgeons carried out an operation that hadn't been done in the country before, which involves making incisions in the vocal cords. She woke up the same day with a released voice and fluent speech. She said, I feel like I've been reborn. No one will stop me from speaking now. Following stories and doing independent journalism often requires a fair bit of travel. From attending the NATO summit in Lithuania or Munich security conference, to exploring Aldi across Germany or being forced to hang out with fellow Nebula creators. It's alright for some people. What is consistently annoying though is the technology. When you need to work from abroad or even just access the services you're used to, it's often way harder than you'd like, requiring endless verification, validation and authentications. As I'm sure you already know, that's when NordVPN comes into play. Helping you connect to the internet wherever you are. Whether that's connecting back at home so your work account doesn't freak out, or connecting to another country from the comfort of your living room to get discounts on your next trip. That's right, very often other countries get cheaper prices for flights, with research finding US consumers pay up to three times more. NordVPN are actually currently running a major back-to-school promotion, which means that when you sign up for a two-year plan, you not only get a massive discount, but you also get an extra four months. That's a huge discount if you click our link. Plus, Nord will keep sponsoring TLDR if people click it. We've been told that sometimes when people hear us talk about Nord PPM, they open up a tab, start searching, but they don't click our link. I'm certainly glad that they get the service, but you only get the discount and you only support the channel through that link. So if you're trying to improve our journalism by signing up for Nord, use our link when you do, and you'll get their great service at a discount.